Welcome to the new year. 2019 is our year. We decided before it even started. Also, welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the horror movie comedy podcast. I'm Mary Kay. I'm Megan. I'm Mary. And today we're going to talk to you about Anna Lily Amirpour's vampire film, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. But before we talk to you about that, we need to thank you for writing us all of those great reviews. And thank uh-huh. you, especially Emily, who won the calendar by tagging an enormous amount of friends and for leaving us a stunning iTunes review. So thank you so much, Emily. Also, if you didn't win, but you still want a calendar, we are happy to sell you one. It's basically our fundraiser. Just um, message us on any of our social media platforms and we will send you one and we're charging $20 including shipping because it's our fundraiser and we hope you love it. Um, Do let us know though soon if you want one so that we can order them and get them to you, you know, in the month of January so you can use them for the whole year. This is, by the way, our Bitch and Quotes calendar, which is all of our favorite quotes from all of our favorite episodes. So um, if you haven't seen on our Instagram, we have taken pictures of all of them. So check it out at least and, you know, like it and tacitly agree that we're doing okay from afar, even if you don't buy one. But probably if you look at it, you're probably going to want to buy one. So I had this icebreaker up here, but I also wrote another vampire quiz. Do you want to take the quiz or do you want to do just one question? Bitch, send me a fucking link. What the hell? Okay, hold on. Also, whoever keeps sending us nudes instead of writing reviews, they're not mutually exclusive. Right? What? We can appreciate both. Also, just send the nudes to Mary. I don't want those. Out of context, it's just weird. What if they provide you well-written Context with works cited. Is it a Burt Reynolds nude? Or Can you imagine? No, maybe. I like- Do you prefer APA or MLA format for their cited context that they're going to provide for your dick? I case? can't believe- Who is asking me that? MLA, of course. Oh my god, it's not context, it's cocktex. Oh, yes. <laughs> also, this is now erotica I really want to read where it's like literary, 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 and then just like dick pic. And then back to words. Then just like dick pic and back to words. Mm-hmm. Cool. But what about reading about vampires? Yeah. Like a so vampire quiz. I sent you the quiz. This quiz is something that I wrote for Book Riot, and I'll put it in the show notes. This is in beta format right now. So you guys taking it live. If you see some typos, holler at your girl because. I want to fix those before it goes up for real. Um, But this is what what famous vampire are you? And there are seven different options. Can we take turns reading them like we did for Interview with the Vampire? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely not. Okay, cool. Same answers as last time, too. (laughs) Um, Did you guys get the link, though? Yes, Yes, I'm ready. Okay, so question number one is, it's time to go out on the town. What's your hype music? Option one, top 40, don't overthink it. Next one, my hunger is my motivation. Next one, I'm a virtuoso at little known instruments, harpsichord, musical saw, you name it. Next one, I like to give my minstrels some freedom. As long as I like it, they're free to play whatever they wish. Or last one, 1980s alt or punk rock. 1980s alt or punk rock. You already know that was going to be my answer. Yeah, I knew that was going to be your answer. (laughs) I don't know why anybody would expect different from me. I like the idea of a world in which I have minstrels. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with that. You do. It's just spelled differently and not as exciting. Wait, do you, are you? I don't, I don't <laughs> have minstrels 
That's the best part of having the IEP. <laughs> but my you have it, you're just suppressing it, but like yeah. it's still oh, there. Oh, suppress the shit. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with that one. Although, for variety's sake, I'll go top 40. Oh, okay. No, I changed my mind. Minstrels. <laughs> what if your minstrels are singing top 40? That's okay, yes. Okay, so we'll say that for variety's sake. Okay. So like, as my vagina is doing its thing, it's also singing thank you next. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. I'm okay with it. Ariana's got a powerful instrument. Um, Shall I go next? Yeah. What do you wear when you're on the prowl? Wear? My sweet child of the night, I don't wear anything. I transform. Option two, Chanel number five. Three, oh darling, I do not prowl. I have people to do that for me. Four, matching sweats. Until they get sweaty. Or bloody. (laughs) I haven't really thought about it. Option five, I try to blend in. It's all about the element of surprise. Sometimes I tailor my outfit to the victim I've been stalking. Six, well, this was my prettiest dress when I was mortal, and I still look amazing in it, so. And finally, my Sunday best, always. Chanel number five. (laughs) Because I could be wearing Chanel number five and my prettiest dress, or I could just straight up be wearing nothing but Chanel number five. Yeah. Who knows? Nobody. I'm going to go with number one, I transform. I'm going to say Chanel, actually, because that was my grandmother's signature scent. Yay. So it has some really nice sentimental associations for me. I just would like to think that she's with me while I terrify the populace. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like it. Okay. How do you determine which victims to turn into fellow vampires? I don't do that. How loyal is he to me? Or are they sexy? Hoo-wee! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with how loyal is he to me. Me too. That's what I'm going to do. I have a question about that one, because as much as I want to pick it, couldn't I just make him my thrall then? Mm -hmm. I mean, sure. Yeah, why not? Number four out of eight. So we're close, you guys. Do you enjoy looking at crucifixes? Yes. No. Is that still a thing? I'm going with, is that still a thing? Same. I'm going to go with no. They have always been scary to me. <laughs> Not a fan of the, like, real thin Jesus version? No. It's like cheerful white Jesus with a halo. <laughs> All right. Where do you typically do your killing? Number one, my killing or my seducing? Granted, they're almost never mutually exclusive. Ayo. Yeah. Number two, the bedroom, of course. And I never have trouble getting invited in. Ayo. Option three. I have people to do that for me. Ayo! Option four. <laughs> option four, wherever I'm able, whenever I'm able. Ayo! <laughs> and option number five, which I, I'm so glad I volunteered for this question. I like to start at dinner, sometimes a restaurant or at a party where I find a boy of high class and pretty face. And then I go for a more matronly highbrow type, although I typically find at an opera or a more aristocratic venue. Um, I like to end the night in the less noble parts of the city near the shore. My killing or my seducing? That's what I pick because I'm wearing nothing but Chanel number five. I'm picking the bedroom because of the vampire joke. Yeah, me too. I'm not picking the last one because I just, I just, I don't care what he's doing. I'm never going to identify with Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you guys got that joke right away. So right away. I really tried to work in Creole blood and I just could not in good conscience do it. (laughs) And for me to have read it would be really extra perfect too. Well, I put it in the, well, you'll see if you get him, but it's in the, yeah. Okay. Okay. Six out of eight. 
Where is the lie in our vampire lore? That Dracula was the first of us? That we fear the crucifix, the church, holy water, etc.? Lie? Question mark? I'm going with lie, question mark. I'm going with fearing the crucifix. I'm going with Dracula was the first of us. Because when True Blood went all the way off the rails towards the end, the one thing I liked was that they were like, oh no, Lilith was the first vampire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. That like that's why she left Eden because she was like, bitch, there's nothing to eat. Suki <laughs> is mine. Oh my god. Holy fuck. I need to rewatch that. <laughs> Number seven out of eight. How do you prefer to eat? Number one, the fresher the better, I go for the jugular. Number two, slowly, I don't want to waste anything and I like to savor the taste. Number three, I am served. Number four, often. The fresher the better, I go for the jugular. Often. (laughs) All right, finally, what's the most annoying thing about mortals? They always try to negotiate as if anyone could change my mind once I've decided on something. They die. They don't savor the short lives that they have. Why should I value their lives when they do not? And finally, I am not annoyed. I pity them. My stubborn ass is picking. They always try to negotiate as if (laughs) anyone could change my mind once I have decided on something. I'm going with they die. It's inconvenient. (laughs) Kind of the way I feel about pets. Like, that's the only thing that's wrong with my animals is that they're going to fucking die. Oh, my God. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mary Kay? Uh, I think I'm going to go with number three. They don't savor their lives. Okay. Now we should have results coming up. Oh, I have an ad for yoga pants. Oh, Hang on. I had an ad for a car. Well, targeted everyone. I didn't get an ad, but I, that's probably for the best. I don't think I want to see what <laughs> Okay, I've got mine. Did you guys get yours? Yes. I got the girl, which is super fitting since that's what we're talking yeah. about. Today. Who'd you get, Mary? Camilla. Nice. Ooh, that was my vampire soulmate. It makes sense, though, that you would be the girl and go for Camilla. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, those go together. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. I got that I would be Armand, so I would go for Dracula. I can see that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, let's go together. I feel like Armand would make the power play. Yeah. Okay, so I'll link to that quiz in the show notes in case you guys want to see where you land. And then I can also link to Who's Your Vampire Soulmate, which we did for Interview with the Vampire. So if you want to see, you know, how your love life would pan out. Please take both. And tell me who yeah. you are as a vampire power couple. Oh, yes. Because I need to know. Oh, my God. Yes. That would be amazing. So I'm Dracula and Armand. I don't hate that. Yeah, I'm Camilla and Dracula. The girl and Camilla. Yeah, it's hot. Cool. Okay. So let's just hop right into this outline. Let's do it. Did you guys think this movie was scary? No, I didn't feel scared. I think it's disturbing when it kind of hits close to home-ish, which makes it uncomfortable. I don't know if I would say it's scary. It touches on scary things, though. Sure. Okay. But it didn't scare you personally. Yeah. Like, I wasn't watching it and felt myself, like, feel fear. Mostly, I felt myself rooting for this girl Uh on a skateboard. Yeah. Putting men in their place. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, too. And I also... So, the experience of watching this movie, to me, was like watching like a classic horror film where I wasn't going to be scared, but I would just keep being like, Ooh, that's interesting. Like how they did yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, like when we watched Nosferatu where there were no yes. laugh out loud moments in this, but there were also moments in Nosferatu that we were like, Whoa, like it was beautiful or really interesting or just. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like a mood than like yeah. scary for real for me, at least. 80s punk Iranian 
vampire western. Yeah. Although it didn't, I mean, I know all the music was from the 80s mostly, but it didn't feel super 1980s to me. No. Does it actually take place in the 80s? It doesn't say. That's right. It's kind of obscure. But I would be curious to look into what was the culture like in 1980s Iran compared to like 1980s America. So I think in the 80s in Iran, there were a couple of political movements, particularly about... And I don't know what the Persian word for headscarf is. I've always just called it hijab. It might be the same. Yeah. I'm not sure. But there was first a law that women had to wear hijab. And then there was a law that you could not. So Interesting. Yeah. But I don't know because we don't have like a year. We don't have the context of if this is necessarily the 80s. But also I don't have context on were they wearing windbreakers and listening to MC Hammer in the 80s here. Well, Saeed does the drug dealer and he Mm -hmm. has a fucking throat tattoo that says sex in English. (laughs) And then there's some kind of crazy, uh, I think it's Arabic lettering on the side of his head. Right? Maybe, yeah. But he does have really nice edges, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's He that. does have that go, which is also very 80s. That's true. But also coming back around. Yeah, I feel like the tattoos are in too good of a shape for this to take place in the 80s. I feel like 80s tattoos always look jailhouse, pretty much. Because they had, like, the cartoony style. You're probably right. Right? Yeah. I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but I feel like drug dealer tattoos would look jailhouse in the 80s. Yeah. Like the one on his throat that looks like a... What is it? Prickin' stick? What do you call it? Pokin. The yeah, Pokin' stick tattoos. Um, doesn't it, though? It just looks like somebody freehanded it on his throat, and he was like, do it, bitch. That's what it looks like to me. Prickin' stick is a fetish. Pokin' stick, stick is, is a tattoo. tattoo. Uh, They sound the same, okay? Yeah, I'm just saying. Prickin' stick has got to be a fetish. One rhymes and one doesn't. Okay, okay. Mary Kay misspoke <laughs> and has a weird fetish. We get it. Blah, blah. Next thing. <laughs> <laughs> No, but okay. So what the one of the points I was trying to make with like it being yes. in Iran is that like so this movie is American, but it takes place in Iran. Um, mm-hmm. Our director yes. is Iranian, but also American, so she has the hyphenated identity. I mean, obviously, like she's in the movie, she has like a cameo in the party scene, but um, it definitely mm-hmm. feels like both of those cultures to me. But I've only experienced one of them, you know. Like the other, I just know from literature and film. So yeah, yeah. Other than some of the costuming and the obvious spoken language of the film, Mm -hmm. a lot of it being in Iran kind of felt lost on me at Mm -hmm. times. But it also, again, like you said, it's not necessarily a culture that I have been submersed in like over there, just from people over here. So I can't really speak to if that's what this obscure time period in Iran actually is like. So I don't know. But I linked you guys a really cool interview. It's like 30 minutes long. And uh, she talks about kind of her inspiration. Oh, yeah. That's the interview that if you have the DVD, it's like one of the extras, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. She just kind of talks about how like she wrote the movie in English, but like in her head, she was hearing it in Farsi, like the whole time she was writing it and kind of talks about some of her influence. And it's really cool. That's really cool. Nice. We can link that for you guys, too. And if you guys have a chance, go check it out. I know you all have 30 minutes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. So about it being in Iran... Pretty sure Saeed is wearing Adidas, which makes him evil, yeah. right? Like that's just how it goes. I'm just kidding. But I do remember there was a punk rock movement. And this is, I think I know this from literature. Like it might even be just Persepolis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the way that you're supposed to wear hijab is that all of your hair, everything but like your face is covered. Like that's the traditional way of wearing it. Not everybody wears it that way. But we have Ati. 
the sex worker. And so she has the scarf on, but it's covering like none of her hair, right? Like it's just ornamental, yeah, yeah. which kind of shows like, even though she is a sex worker, she's dressed like a normal woman, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you have the girl who has the full chador, but her bangs are coming out of the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then she puts on makeup too, and she's trying to seduce Saeed. Anyway, those are really the only parts to me that and the lack of the Christian mythology that goes with vampires that really stood out as as being part of the setting. But it's still really cool that it's not in America. Like, it's cool that we have like an other place. I I know that Dracula is not our original prototype, but because it was so widespread, like that's part of the vampire lore is the vampires from somewhere else. So they have like bad city in Iran. Yeah, right. I liked it. I thought it was a really neat take. Yeah, I liked that it wasn't a real city. Yes, I did too. Especially since it touches on a lot of things that are really relatable in a dark way. Mm -hmm. I like that they gave us a little bit of mythology to detach from. Yeah. I know obviously they're skateboarding vampires. That's supernatural enough for us to be like, this isn't real life. But drug abuse and a lot of the other things that go on in this film are definitely real life things. So giving us this fake place to be like, this is really close to home, but also hold it at arm's length. Yeah. Some of the elements of horror are like very regular things in urban places. You know what I mean? Like the construction work with all the cranes moving around and it's just gross. Like it's just ugly. Like you said, the drug abuse and then Saeed coming in and basically just swinging his dick around when Hussein is like, <laughs> I feel like I'm going to die. And he's like, well, haven't I helped you before? So there's that. And then there's um, the abuse of Ati as well by everyone. Like when Hussein makes her shoot up, fucking yeah, dude, oh come on. Like, nah. That was actually the most upsetting moment for me. Yeah, I thought so too. That was not a part that I enjoyed watching, though. Like, some horror is fun to watch, but that part was not. Although I did feel like she's one of the most beautiful women in the world. Like, when she dances, like, he's not even there. I don't know how they shot that scene. It's so beautiful. I don't know. Yeah. It just made me want to get my arms in shape. This whole movie was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, also would like to get my arms in shape after watching that. I just want to be able to do that armpit sniff dance that she does. And then for somebody to be like, (laughs) oh my gosh, her triceps are so toned. Like I did when Ati was dancing. But yes, alas, other assets. You got nice triceps, girl. (laughs) Thanks, girl. (laughs) I don't know. Today I did some exercise and I was like, fucking, are you serious? I've been working so hard. I might as well have eaten these fucking chips and cookies because I've seen zero results. Anyway, and then I came home and ate a bunch of chocolate. I ate pizza twice today. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Our triceps are gonna be luxurious. I'm totally fine (laughs) eating my pizza. Pizza didn't stick around for long because, uh, I don't know what I ate that upset my whole life and was like, you know what sounds great while you're pregnant? Pizza. Food poisoning. Oh, fuck. And then me being like, I feel like shit, but you know what sounds good? I'm going to eat this pizza right now. And my body's like, please don't. And I'm like, body, shut up. We're eating this pizza. I don't know how to listen. Well, here's the thing about pizza, though. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Oh, my God. You're right. I'm going to go on the record here. And that's not true. I mean... That there's bad pizza? No, like, when pizza is good, it is very, very good. And when it is not, I just, like, I don't care. Mary, you're wrong, and it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> we still love you. I'm just not one of those people. And, like, I ate pizza last night. I like pizza. I just don't understand this, like, 
bizarrely passionate defense of pizza. Because it's bread and cheese, and that's hard to it's fuck up. It's just hard to mess up pizza. It's one of those things that, like, you know that you don't have to have high expectations because yeah. it's just always going to... It's like tacos. Like, tacos are always good. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Yeah, well, the taco is the Mexican form of pizza. The oh grilled cheese is the American form of pizza. And grilled cheese is always fucking... It's like a PB&J. Have you ever taken a bite out of a PB&J and been like, I am disappointed Do in this? Do you yeah. think I have ever taken a bite out of a PB&J? Oh, that's right. You don't like peanut butter because you're wrong. I forgot. Mary, you're just an outlier. <laughs> What's weird is that I'm a really adventurous eater, and I like pretty much everything. It's just that the stuff I don't like is really popular. Yeah, it's beneath you. We get it. I just get it. You're I cool. Just, you don't like mainstream things, Mary. I never developed the taste for it. Mary liked oxtail before oxtail was cool. That's actually true. <laughs> but I like pizza. I just, I'm not entirely sure. It became this like runaway, like everyone loves pizza. Crazy about pizza. I'll eat pizza when it's been sitting out all night. And I'm like, all right. Let me guess. You prefer calzones? Actually, calzones are the shit. But no, I just. Mary Kay just said that like she's gonna punch you in the throat if you said yes. I like pizza. Also, I just I if I'm gonna reheat it, I reheat it. I put it in the oven. I stick it on a cast iron pan so the cheese is all gooey and melty. I thought that was the whole fucking point was that it was all oily and cheesy. You're a monster. If you lost <laughs> all the gooey cheesiness of it, if the cheese is now just like rubber, yeah, what is the point? Um, the point is, it's still pretty good because it's pizza. I feel like we've taken this full circle and we're just going to have to agree that Mary's wrong. Speaking of eating things that we don't want to yes. eat, Mary, what about biting off of people's finger? Yeah. Oh, that scene was awesome. It was actually, yes. it was much more upsetting than raw. Oh, absolutely. Tenfold. More upsetting than raw? Mm-hmm. yeah really then the finger scene in raw yeah the finger scene in raw didn't bother me even a little bit oh it did me because she was eating it like a chicken wing this one was pretty creepy but in this one she just knows that's his thing and she uses it against him and i fucking love that yeah that's why it's awesome and creepy and eerie and maybe that's why i was more so involved the other one i was like i mean she shouldn't have had her fingers with scissors in that girl's hoo-ha and maybe she wouldn't have lost a fucking finger she told you to stop yeah this is about our episode about the movie raw so if you guys haven't listened to that episode yet you should listen to it and watch that movie it's real good oh yeah maybe i should clarify that and not just talk about scissors and vaginas all willy-nilly. I'm sure for me it's mostly personal that at the time that we watched Raw, I was still real early in my horror education and I was a little nervous about it. So I might have just been, without really noticing it, a little more arm's length about it. I don't know, because I watched this, well, Charles ended up not watching the rest of it with me, but that scene when she turns around and, like, spits out his finger, he goes, oh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And he watched Raw with me, too. So he was like, that's really scary. Also, she is, like, incredibly beautiful. Like, heartbreakingly Mm -hmm. beautiful, this woman. Yes. And she's so spooky, and that is just goals, you know? Like, she's doing everything right. Yeah. She's like ethereal and eerie and intimidating at the same time. And that's how I want to be described one day. And a little monstrous. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love everything about her. Yeah. Also how he immediately starts screaming like a little bitch boy. That was fun. Because he is a little bitch boy. I know. When was the last time you slammed your finger in a car door? Did you not make a sound? Yeah, but we're supposed to hate Saeed. He's the worst. Oh. 
I want his finger slammed in a car door. I want his finger slammed in Anish's car door, specifically. He seems like he'd be the guy that would slam his finger in a car door and have it, like, completely hang off. And, like, he wants to be like, but it don't even hurt, though. Like, I'm fine. I'm cool. But you know that shit hurt. But he did get it bit off. I know. But that's what I'm saying. He comes off this whole time as him being that guy, and then it happens. And he's oh, like, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. My finger. I'm a little boy. Yeah, it's also a callback from when he drags Ati out of the car and points his finger in her face. I just don't like him. He just yeah. aggravates me. No, no, me. I mean, he deserves everything he gets and much more. I just don't personally, excuse me, sorry, I just burped. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't personally think that I really get to pass judgment on somebody. I recently had an injury that I thought I would handle in a much more stoic fashion than I did. So I'm just taking it personally. But I don't hate you, and you don't make terrible life choices like he does. Also, are you okay? What injury are you talking about? Huh? Are you all right? Oh, the dog bite. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And also, when you talk about terrible life choices, I straight up looked at the dude and was like, God damn it, someone's about to get bitten. It's better if it's me than a volunteer. So, I, like, I, that's as close as you get to asking for it. Right? Well, you accepted your fate gracefully. I think that's different. Thank you. You went to the stake like Joan of Arc is what happened. In the version where she's a saint, not a witch. Or is it both? That's the version I want to do. But that's... I went to okay. the stake that was a dog's tooth because I am a witch saint. A witch saint. Is that a... Can I, I make... I love it. I think I can make... I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now. I don't feel like I can make that work at this moment. I think you can. Well... When Mary and I saw the Shakespeare play where Joan of Arc is a witch, do you remember this? This is the night we wore our green matching dresses. Of course. She, like, in her mission was like, so after this play, the Catholic Church decided Joan of Arc was a saint, and that seems like an overcorrection <laughs> to me. This is like after they burned her at the stake for being a witch. I can't remember who did that, though. I'm going to get the history wrong. I thought it was the English. Yeah, I thought. Okay. I don't remember now. I don't either. Oh my God. Nobody listening to this tell anybody that I don't know shit about Shakespeare. That's a really obscure historical play though. And it wasn't really historical. It was like a Vikings version of the Joan of Arc story. Ooh. Where they have good teeth and they're sexy, you know? Yeah. That is true. I've never even seen Vikings. I still know they're all hot. Yeah, they're all hot. Everybody on that show can get it if they wash their hands first. (laughs) Because they're nasty. Maybe their beards too. Ray Kay's always hating on Scandinavia. You know they have shit in their beards. Like, you can just look at it and be like, I know there's feces in there. All beards are catching a bunch of shit that wasn't supposed to be hanging out on our faces. Just wash them up. Just wash them up and you're fine. I'm just talking about because you know they were freaks and they never bathed. You know they got some nasty. Anyway, speaking of gross, that gulf of bodies that Adash walks past in the very opening credits when he's just like chilling, being James Dean. Smoking a cigarette, walking on the bridge, and then there's a fucking gulf of bodies. Do you remember this? Yes. Also, I think that kind of goes back to the is this movie scary point that I was trying to make. There were a lot of things that, like the movie's not necessarily scary. And I'm like, cool, we're going about life as usual. And then I'm just like, what the fuck is that over there? Yeah. You're like, how do you walk past that nonchalantly? Yeah. And I'm just like, um, excuse me. I get that the soundtrack is banging. And that this movie is beautiful and everybody's incredibly talented. But do you see these dead bodies? Do you see them? Because you're just walking past them. Well, and that's where I, when I say it, not scary, I feel like that is the world as established for me. 
if one of the very first things I see is yes, yeah, the main character reacts so casually to such a horrific image, then it's like, okay, this is a world where this happens every day. Yeah, and he's our best guy, like morally, mm-hmm. besides the kid. So suffering, even death, the grotesque nature of death out in the open like that, that's normal here. Okay. It was great world building and also immediately jarring to me. Yes. One of the other things that I thought was super creepy and well done in the movie is when Hussein is following Ati around, like, talk to me, aren't we friends? And she's like, when you have money, we can be friends because I'm working right now. And he turns around and the girl is there and he like is moving and she's mirroring him. Yes. But she just looks like a shadow. I loved that. It was stylistically done so well. Yeah. It was a good choice. Well, there's that existing menace, right? We see this at least somewhat vigilante identity that she's inhabiting. Mm -hmm. And Hussein, maybe a sick man, maybe a man in the grips of his illness. The grips of his illness also cause him to treat the people who love him terribly. Yeah. And treat people who don't love him terribly. And I felt like that was her kind of playing with... The space, his body and the space takes up and how it feels to be him. And like, can he get it? It being death. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's an interesting thing, too, because when you think about the girl as a vigilante sort of character, Hossein should not be one of the people who, like, deserves death, you know? Yeah. I was thinking about that, too, because up until the point where he shoots up Ati, I was like, I feel sorry for him. Because he has a disease. Yeah, and also her vigilantism is real subjective. Yeah, because she's into Arash. Exactly. Also, that man who plays Hussein Mm -hmm. has gotten such shit roles in American stuff. Really? That is the dude who plays the limo driver they keep hanging out with in How I Met Your Mother. Oh. Oh, I never liked that show because there's a laugh track. Don't tell me when to laugh. Don't tell me how to fuck. It goes away. It's not through the whole show. No, it never went away. What they did was, after the first few episodes, they started screening the finished episode for a live audience. So then they're playing the laughs where they actually happen. I swear I don't remember the laughs. So maybe they just got better. Well, that's what I'm saying. They became naturally yeah. placed, so you weren't as aware of them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, my friend Glenn, also the same guy who's my desert island person in the zombies situation, he was the one that was like, you gotta watch it, just suck it up, just get to the first few episodes. And I'm glad I did. There was a lot of smart writing. It's also already horribly dated, and there are some problematic things happening all the time. Uh, all the time. All the time. That's what I remember about it. <laughs> but Ranjit... The limo driver slash cab driver is one of the problematic things. Yes. And I'm incredibly grateful to have gotten to see him as Hussein. His name is uh, Marshall Manish. Mm-hmm. And he is Iranian. Yeah. I figure like all of the car- all of the actors in this film are Iranian or Iranian-American because they speak Persian. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not trying to overgeneralize, but I know very few people who are not Persian who speak Persian fluently enough to be in a movie where they can play a Persian character. Yeah. Or at least, like, in America. I mean, I'm sure that other neighboring countries... That are also probably great actors and also look the part. So when you kind of add in all the different contributing factors there, they are likely... Right. Yeah. He was in The Big Lebowski. He was? Who? Yeah, as the doctor. I don't remember that. I only remember parts of that movie because it's a stoner movie, and I don't think you're supposed to remember all of it, right? (laughs) No. He's been in Will Will and Grace. Oh, that's cool. 
He has a range, man. This is nuts. But like no major roles, really. But yeah, he's done a lot of comedy. He's talented. He just doesn't get big roles. Ah, oh, shit. I just saw him in something that was so old that I was like, oh my <laughs> God, look at his baby, baby face. And he still already looks like a grown ass man, but he, he was visibly younger. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'll see if I can scan back while we continue. But the man has been working mm-hmm. constantly for decades in the States and just gotten nothing nowhere. And seeing his work in this was, I mean, a gratifying moment for me. And I've only gotten to know any of his work in the past right. five years. You know, I didn't recognize him because I haven't seen either of those shows that you just mentioned that are super popular. I don't know how they just got oh past me. God. I think it's just because I find something I like and just watch it till death. Mm-hmm. Same. But yeah. She says as she watches The Office. I do. For the or Parks and Rec or there's a couple other. Mindy Project. I watch Christmas Party Sex Trap episode for Christmas. And I just, every time I watch the <laughs> first couple seasons, I just remember how much I identified with that character when the show was happening. That's insecure, Issa, for me. Yeah, it was just good timing. Like, it's still a really good character. I just identify with her less now. Yeah. Not a lot less. Like, I still feel a lot like that a lot of the time. Yeah, Insecure was real creepily timed for me, to the point that it's not even comfort food TV. Like, I can't just rewatch that for fun, necessarily. It was on yeah. the nose. On Insecure, I feel like Molly the most. Yeah, you and Mary Issa and Molly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have never watched this show, so I don't know who to chime in as. What the ever-loving fuck. I think you'd like it, Megan. I think you'd like it a lot. Tell me what I can watch it on, and I'll give it a go. HBO. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a go. And you're going to want all new clothes. Like, either watching Mindy Project okay. or Insecure, yeah. you're going to want all new clothes because they are doing the most. It's so good. Yeah. We all know my thoughts on the Mindy Project, though, and I will not vocalize them because I would like to stay on your good side. And I know that it makes you snarl. Oh, yeah. I forgot you don't like it. My bad. And anytime you say you relate to her, it makes me cringe because I just don't see it because maybe you project yourself differently, but you just don't come off as needy and insecure ever at oh, all. Oh, good. I'm glad I don't present that way. Like, I watched it because you were like, I relate to her so much. And I watched it and I was like, this whiny ass, needy, insecure bitch is not Mary Kay and I'm going to punch her in the fucking throat if she says it one more time. Yeah. God. I always want to build my friends up, so I'm going to go grab a beer while you keep giving her this compliment about how she's not needy or insecure. <laughs> Thanks for being my friend and lying to my fucking no. Face. <laughs> <laughs> no, there are a billion other reasons that Mindy Kaling and Mary Kay should be best friends. It's fine. Mary Kay and I were like counting down the days until the premiere. We like watched it right away. We were very mm-hmm. excited about the show. And when I saw it, I was like, yeah, yeah, she's going to love this. Like, this is going to be like one of her spirit shows. And not that I didn't love it myself. I do. I rewatch it all the time. But I just, I knew that you were going to lock in there. I did. Especially the Christmas party sex trap episode. That is definitely the most like you ever. Thank you. Where she throws a party to seduce a dude at. I have done that many times in my life. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And she does it at Christmas time. And then also like when she comes out and he's not there, she's got like her whole sexy dance and she's just like. Fuck it. It goes and drinks more yep. wine out of her bra. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have definitely hidden wine, or not wine, but liquor in my bra as a flask, not as like an extra bra. That would just kill everyone. Oh, what I almost bought you what? for our, our birthday, our shared birthday, was a bracelet flask. Oh 
shit. They're so clunky and ugly. Exactly. Exactly. It just aesthetically was just a mess. And I was like, I'm not doing this. Functionally, it sounds great, but I could never buy you something that ugly and expect you to then wear it. Well, thank you. Now I can actually afford to buy a drink at the bar. So oh my God. when that Whoa. show came out, I could not. So <laughs> not even in Milledgeville. So, yeah, I mean, like Same. a drink, nothing fancy, a well drink. I mean, I got money like that. But like, look at you, a badass woman making it on her own. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's me. Speaking of which, tell me all about she's feminine. a she's a sexy, Feminism. sexy oh. professor, everybody. Sexy professor. Speaking of sexy professors, Mary, what God about that boy? I was segueing us. I was segueing us. I was just going to say other <sighs> things that are scary about this movie. One of my favorite scenes is when she rolls up on that little boy who is, for some fucking reason, walking alone at night. And she just asks him if he's good, like, four times. And he's like, yeah, I'm a good kid. And she's like, you better stay a fucking good kid because I'm going to be watching your ass for the rest of your life. And then takes his skateboard. I fucking love it. So good. Well, she fucking locks him down, right? Like, she, like, recruits him, basically. So then later, when they're like, what did you see? He's like, nothing. Mm -hmm. I ain't no snitch. I ain't a fucking rat. Yeah. I ain't no snitch. And just runs off. But now he's going to grow up to be one of the good guys in the world. Yeah. No, no. She did not encourage him to actually be good. She encouraged him to not get his shit fucked up by someone who is even worse than him. Yes. Oh, that's such a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because she wasn't, like... This is what you need to do. She's like, you need to know that I'm going to be watching. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Yeah. And she even says like several times, be a good boy, which I think boys apparently need to hear a lot more than they hear in childhood so that they end up being decent dudes. Oh my gosh. That reminds me when I found out if I was having a girl or a boy and Mary Kay's response was, congratulations, you get a hand in raising like the next generation of dudes to be good yeah i was like cool yeah no pressure or anything you guys are gonna be fine (laughs) you're gonna be great it's gonna be great (laughs) so i've been working in animal welfare for a whopping seven minutes (laughs) but i I have been training my own feral ass beast for the past year change now and I feel like it's got to be kind of similar to working with dogs. In that, like, I mean, that's not a joke, though. Here's the thing. It's just got to be more specific. We keep telling them to be good boys. What the fuck does that look like? Yeah. Because if they don't know what you want, they'll just keep trying shit until they see what they get a good result from. And if they get a desirable result, they'll just keep doing it. So if I tell my dog, like, no. So, right, he's chewing my shoe. And I just say, no. He's still got a fucking shoe. You don't give him a replacement behavior. Yeah, yeah. I don't show him this is what you do instead. Then he's like, well, shit, I have this urge to chew. I guess I find a different thing to chew. Yeah. The dude is like, I fuck this stranger against her will. No. We're like, no, 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 no. He's like, okay. Different stranger? No. Still no. Here is how you interact with a human being. <laughs> That's right. There are consequences to your actions and there should be. Although oftentimes there aren't. You have to just know you have to be good. Anyway, yeah. I think we can all agree that men are sending us their best people. There's our feminist rant for the day. But I do remember telling my mom when I had been single for like a long time because dudes were just like real shitty. I just remember being like, if I ever get a chance to have kids, I'm going to have seven boys and I'm going to raise them all to be <laughs> respectful. And I'm going to populate a new generation of men who know how to talk to women all on your own. Not in like a, I know how to talk to women, but like as equals, 
Like you can talk to a woman the same way you would talk yes. to a man because you have basic respect and human decency and courtesy. Yeah. Anyway, oh I haven't quite given up on that dream. Coming at seven, I was exaggerating because I was angry and hungry probably. But yeah. It seemed like a lot of children. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the girls' interactions with men other than Adash in this movie are similar. Like I think all of her victims are men. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they are. That we see in the course of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're all men. Could you guys tell why she picked the victims that she picked? Um, I assumed because Saeed was a dick. <laughs> and then she felt confident in the dickery of mm-hmm. Hussein. Oh, my God. Felt confident in the dickery. You know that moment, though, where you, like, see the message or you see the lack of message and you're like, oh, oh, a fuckboy. Okay. <laughs> That's confidence <laughs> in the dickery. Ah, uh, yes, a fuckboy. Just what I would like to have for dinner. Because you are not a snack, sir. You are not a snack. Ugh, dickish confidence. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's been so long since we've eaten the long pig. <laughs> I love it. I hate everything about what was just said. You hate everything? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I don't know why. It's just the Sabrina and cannibalism joke. Jeez. I know. I know. I want to talk about the bathtub scene after she kills Saeed. Not because of anything deep. I just wanted to know what kind of monster lays in the bathtub with her head by the faucet. Why? Why? Gosh. Presumably someone much more graceful than me who can be confident she won't just smash her face into it over and over. I don't know. If I do that, I'm going to end this movie getting stitches. That's how this movie's going to end. Is me slamming my head on the faucet and needing stitches. That water also looks cold as fuck and there's no bubbles and no like bath bomb in it. What is the point? I could survive without bubbles and bath bombs. Does she experience temperature? I guess not. No, because Otter says she's so cold and then he hugs her. He says she's cold. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. I'm assuming she doesn't care. But just her eyes peeking over the water Mm -hmm. was one of my favorite like scenes from the movie. Yeah. It's beautiful imagery. Yeah, that's all I had to say. That was my deep, intelligent, and thoughtful thing to say was I like the way she had her eyes above the water. That was dope. Mm-hmm. The end. I had nothing good to say about that scene either. Not bad, just not like nothing insightful. Yeah, nothing yeah. super deep and insightful and meaningful. I just, it's pretty and I like it. Yeah. What about how she stalks Saeed? What about it? No, I just thought it was cool, I guess. How she like puts on her hype music. She does a damn good job. And she has on like her horizontal stripes because she's lean and she can do that. Okay. Like rub it in. Yeah. Wow. And she has like that cute haircut and then she's just like coating on the eyeliner and the lipstick and it somehow turns out magic even though she's not doing it right. And then she just like geishas him. Right? Like remember in Memoirs of a Geisha when they're like, if you can stop a man Mm -hmm. dead in his tracks, then you know you're ready. And she does that shit, like, right away. Mm -hmm. I love it. That was genius. Oh, something else that I wanted to talk about. She's there during that scene between Saeed and Addy. All of the shots are taken in the mirrors, so you can't see her. Oh. 
Isn't that dope? That is. That's awesome. It should be like three viewings to be like, why can't she's there though? Why don't we ever see her? Yeah, I didn't catch that. Yeah. And that car is amazing. And I just think this movie is really beautiful. Like the more I watch it, the more interesting it gets. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, mm-hmm. this is pretty like straightforward. I don't have a lot of thoughts about it. And then my students taught it, like they led a discussion on it. And I was like, holy shit, I have so much to say. And I didn't even know you guys are just asking the right questions. Yeah, yeah. They did a really good job. That group did. I think the first time I watched it, I was concerned because I was like, I don't have anything to say about this. And it's not because it was a bad movie. No, it was fun to watch. It just. Yeah. And it was just, I think I was just captivated in looking at the film that it was over. And I was like, I picked up on nothing. Yeah. With this. Like, I just watched it and I was like, I love everything. I have nothing to say. It was so pretty. It was so smartly done. I love this director. What else has she done? And then I was like, oh, shit, I got to talk about this. She has another one coming out next year, which I'm looking forward to. Does she? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I noticed she didn't have anything else, really, that she's done. She has, like, shorts, I think. Yeah. Which I haven't seen any of. No, I want her to have more movies. Yeah. I'm sure she will, because this one was pretty well received from what I know. But mm-hmm. Because you and I watched it, not together, but like, kind of like we did The Witch. Like, I think you told me to watch it. And afterward, we were like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And that was like the end of the conversation, like at the that moment. The it. Yeah. Because it, I did enjoy it. I just, it seems like more of the production is what I enjoyed yeah. about it than the writing of it, which is uncommon. It's captivating and it seems really uh, well, there's also, there's not tons of dialogue. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Nothing's really handed to you in this film. It seems straightforward because you're just taking in pictures and like you're getting the big picture of things and there's not a whole lot of dialogue to really tell you yeah. how to digest the film. It definitely takes more than one. That's true. And that's usually what I go with because I'm a writer. Yeah. So you have to watch it more than once. Yeah. I told Megan before we started recording that I felt like this film was tough and that we're here to talk about horror movies and ideally about horror movies love but also we're here to make fun of them mm-hmm. and this does not lend itself to mockery no like i don't really want to make fun of this and i feel like you know if we were to listen back so far most of the jokes we've made have not been about the film they've been about us <laughs> well, and yeah. me specifically like <laughs> us being idiots yeah silly things like prick and poke and poke yeah. and stick yeah but i mean we're still funny as fuck though you're right that's the thing my next topic on this outline is the politics of small noses <laughs> among women in particular, among Persian women in particular. And I don't know a ton of Persian people or Iranian people, but I do feel like every time I watch one of those plastic surgery shows with my grandmother, there's always a Persian woman on there getting her nose reduced. So I don't know what that's about. I just, and I don't really understand. I mean, I don't have a particularly like bold nose, I guess, but. I just think that's so pretty. Like, I feel like it's something on your face that, like, defines you. You know, I mean, in a good way. Like, it makes you memorable. Yeah. And I I mean, this is also a personal preference, but, like, we have, shit, what is her name? Shadia? Yeah. The girl who's trying to seduce Adash. Mm-hmm. And she has the bandage on her nose, right? Yeah, she has, she's recovering from a nose job. Yeah. yeah. And she's obviously, like, very beautiful. But I just feel like the girl is so much more compelling and she does have like the traditional nose. Yeah. And I'm again, not trying to body shame at all because do your thing. Like you want your face to look a certain way, do your thing. Like, absolutely. I just, I feel like that's something that I've noticed in particular with this nationality. No? 
Is that wrong? No, you're right. And I know I'm not Persian, but I definitely have a very similar nose. I definitely have the predominant nose. Mm -hmm. I love it on other people. I see other people from the same part of the world that rock it. I'm like, you are stunning. You're beautiful. Own it. Yes, I love it. My own on my face. Can't stand it. If I was offered plastic surgery and they were like free of charge, pick your nose. I'd be like, fuck, let's go do it right now. Oh, that should be our closer. What plastic surgery would you have for free? Yeah, my nose, hands down. I tell and like when I was a kid, I used to ask for a nose job for Christmas and it like broke my mom's heart. That's all I wanted. That is heartbreaking. That really bums me out. Yeah, that's all I wanted. Like years in a row. Mom was like, what do you want for Christmas? I was like, I just want a nose job. And I don't know why. Me neither. But like, I love it on other people. It's just weird that I don't love it on me. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. I didn't love mine until my grandmother died. Mine is from my dad. It's from his mom. It's from her dad. So I am a light-skinned black woman who wound up with the Jewish nose. And I didn't really appreciate it fully until she died and that is what I have of her on my face I mean I might give other things to my kids if I were to have them which I don't plan to so that would be a shocking turn but that's the thing I may not send anything else of her out into the world so the fact that my hair gets reddish or the fact that I have this nose I mean that's it it's your heritage I'm sure you're like her in other ways though that maybe aren't on your face tangible things more so oh sure sure I just mean that like I can look in a mirror and see those things for myself yeah well I'm not Persian either but my mom's side of the family is Lebanese and they have long noses Pretty much all of them do. Yeah. And I can remember like being like 15 or something and my mom being like, oh, you definitely have my eyes. You know, this is on your face from your grandma or whatever. And she was like, whose nose do you have? Like your nose doesn't look like any of ours. And I just remember being like, I know, I wish it was like more. Mm -hmm. I mean, you always want what you don't have, you know? Of course. Like it's fine and I'm not complaining about it at all, but I always was like, but it's so pretty on other people. I don't know. I always kind of wanted to have like a striking beauty like my mom does. And I'm, I just kind of like a baby face, which is fine. And I'm not complaining. I could do a lot worse, but I don't think that's true. Well, I'm very curated in the photos that you see of me. <laughs> like it's very filtered <laughs> shadows brought down type of deal so that I don't have like chubby cheeks or anything. But I do look the same as I did when I was three years old. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, my gosh. You do, but like you don't in the same way. Oh, thank you. But I think that the fact that all three of us had something to say about our noses says a lot about like how present they are in the movie. If, if you have ever thought about changing something on your face, you know? Well, it's the most predominant thing on your face. Like it protrudes off of your body, essentially. Like it's your face's appendage kind of, but it's also (laughs) like Mary mentioned and like we have kind of mentioned, like noses are very like tied to heritage. Yeah, that's for sure. Like different cultures and different ethnicities, they all have their nose. And a lot of people are very prideful of their heritage and you're half Lebanese. You're like, you don't have the Lebanese nose and that's something that they grasp to. Well, I don't have their Lebanese nose. It's usually like just longer nostrils. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Except for like there's no tip to the nose. Yeah. But I have that. So I don't know. But it is interesting. Yeah. What were you going to say about the director, Megan? Oh, I was just going to kind of ask everyone. Not her nose, I don't think. Just like. No, no, no. Since we were kind of. In general. (laughs) Well, the politics of small noses and whatnot kind of fit into our topic of feminism. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't think men think about that that much. Yeah. No, men don't think about anything but farts and beer. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) No, but it sounded witty and we needed some wit. So 
that was my joke to lighten the mood. Oh, no, the joke landed for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I just kind of wanted to bring it up since we were talking about, you know, like the politics of small noses and all that. And that definitely fits into our topic of feminism that we've kind of been hashing out here a little bit. So the main whole thing going on in this movie is we have our female main character that's sticking it to men and whatnot. And I just, this movie has a pretty badass female director. And I just wanted to like briefly chat about that impact would the movie be the same if it had a male director even the most socially aware male director do you think we would have the same film no never (laughs) yeah i feel like if you change even like to another woman it wouldn't be the same well yeah i think maybe not necessarily like not the same movie but with the subtleties of the storytelling as far as like what we are being told and taught, I guess. Oh, no. Like, if we just go back to the politics of small noses. Yeah, like, that subtle detail wouldn't be there, which tells a completely different story then. Yeah, exactly. Like, that little stuff would be lost about, like, this is how she's putting on her lipstick. You don't just circle around. You look like a clown if you do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You don't line your waterline with black and not know what you're doing, you know? Truth. I line my waterline with black, but it has taken years of practice to figure out exactly how to do that well. Yeah, so it doesn't just end up in your eyelashes and look gross. And look clumpy and smudged and sad. Yeah, exactly. It ain't no man going to be able to direct that into a film. I said it. Uh, I do think it was cool, though, how she got, like, the hype music down. Because, you know, like, about to go out, we're about to do this Mm -hmm. thing. What music you have on determines what kind of night you're trying to have, you know? Black Eyed Peas every time. No, it's not. It's not. (laughs) It's Mariah season, you said, or it was. It is. Do you know what? Fuck, fuck, fuck some all I want for Christmas. I am listening to Oh Holy Night with the folk gospel choir. Well, that's advanced, Mariah. That's advanced. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. One thing I think that is very feminine about this movie that I really like is there are a couple of costuming things. We touched on it a little bit, but not exactly. So... The girl is the only character, I think, that wears the chador. And again, I'm using the Arabic words because I don't know if the Persian ones are different. So if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But the head covering that's attached to the dress. Yeah. Normally it would close in the front. But they changed that to be the vampire cape, like from traditional yes. horror movies. And oh I, God, I love it. it. I love it. It's so <sighs> cool. That was such a cool choice. Yeah. And the same with her being on the skateboard. So it looks like she's flying mm-hmm. when she has that chador on. I was audibly delighted when she jumped on the skateboard. Yeah. And I was like, yes, bitch, yeah. please do it. Well, the skateboard's dope. I mean, that's the director on the skateboard. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Yeah. That's her pastime. She included it and it turned out to be a fucking fantastic storytelling element. So do you, do you. Unlike Tarantino, just making himself say the N-word over and over. <laughs> your thing makes sense. <laughs> oh, man. It does make sense, though, because especially when she's going slow and, like, the cape covers the skateboard, so it just looks like she's hovering. She's levitating, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Super cool. And then it contrasts directly to... Adash's Dracula costume because mm-hmm. he's dressed like Dracula when she meets him. Yeah. Which I just think is a cool detail. I don't know if it is. The subtle ties to vampires in here yeah. were nice. Like it's not like here's my fangs and I want to suck your blood vampire. But yeah, it's a super modern take on it. But like she ties all those typical vampire tropes in 
in such a seamless way. Yeah, well, some yeah. of them are present. Like, uh, we don't ever see her get invited in anywhere, I don't think. Well, I guess she goes to Auntie's mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Well, she goes to Saeed's, but presumably he... Invited her there. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't think he would have, like, denied her. Oh. No. Also, can we please talk briefly about how he invites her over, does a line of coke, does four biceps curls, and then starts, like, grinding on the air in front of her, below her? What the fuck? Is that not normal interactions with men? I need to talk to my husband, then, if those are not normal. No, he needs to have his finger bit off. I forgot about that shit. (laughs) Also, why do you have biceps in the living room? That's so weird. You mean, why does he have a part of his arm in the living room? No, I'm sorry. I mean, why does he have dumbbells in the living room? Oh, okay. This Trader like, Joe's two-buck chuck fucks you up, dude. I was like, where was he going to put them in the meantime? Mary, when you come in the front door, take your biceps off and hang them on the coat Y'all rack. Yeah, shut up. You know what the fuck I meant. <laughs> you don't want to be tracking shit in, you know? Like, who knows where they've been? Just, like, hang them up. You can't just be flexing all willy-nilly in your living room. Damn, that's dangerous. That's why I have the guest biceps hanging up by the door. <laughs> Look, the first time you go to a dude's house if it's not immaculate he scurries ahead of you to try to like put all his shit away that shouldn't be out like his biceps (laughs) (laughs) i just lean in at this point what's who cares oh we're so smart but so stupid it's true though they'll like realize they left dishes in the sink or whatever and be like oh sorry it's messy and you can be like oh mm -hmm." yes Definitely. Only men have ever done this thing. Uh No, I do that shit too. But especially like, you know what I mean? Like the first time you go to somebody's house, especially if they weren't expecting you. Yeah. They don't like sit down to the Coke that's already out on the coffee (laughs) table in the fucking sunken living room. They don't? I mean, I would be gone. I interact with people all wrong then. Oh, no. (laughs) I told you what I did the night my sister got engaged, right? Did you flex your biceps and snort Coke? Drink heavily. That's what I would do. Because if you didn't do both of those things, you're doing it wrong. Well, okay. So some of that, (laughs) some of that was there. So what I did was I came in the door and I sat down. There was a glass and a bottle of wine on my coffee table still, as you do. And I thought, I looked it over. Everything looked fine. You know, fuck it. I don't deserve better, apparently. I topped off the wine and started drinking. And that's when I realized that was not wine in that glass. It was Diet Dr. Pepper. (laughs) And then I thought, that's what you deserve, you dumb slut, and kept drinking. And I finished that because the patriarchy is false. Yeah. Did I nail all of it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nothing you said was false. Yeah. No, you did everything right. You did the exactly right thing. I did not mean for that to sound all that depressing. It wasn't. It was funny. Like, I immediately texted my sister to be like, I'm just going to keep drinking this Dr. Wine until it's gone. (laughs) Dr. Wine is the name of my life. Dr. Wine. Yes. Dr. Wine Wine is, oh my God, Dr. Wine is the name of my soca band. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh boy. I love it. It's like, oh my god, Dr. Wine is the Trinidadian version of Mr. T. <laughs> Speaking of movie tropes, Dr. Wine, <laughs> femme fatale. Can we agree the girl is a femme fatale? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. You don't put on lipstick that way otherwise. You can't. Oh my god, that's otherwise, so true. it just goops up in the corners and then you look like you drank too much Kool Aid. Strawberry milk, yeah. Or that. <laughs> I love strawberry milk. Oh, my God. You're a monster. Yeah, but did it get all stuck in your mouth corners? Or did you wipe <laughs> it off? 
like a lady. Hold on, let's be just to be just to be clear. You've seen my mouth, right? What do you think gets past my lips when I drink? <laughs> you are crazy. Oh my god. I don't have fucking Kool-Aid horns. I can't get out there. There's just so much lip just like sucking it back into my face. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I all I can think right now is duct wine, duct wine, duct wine, and I just like I'm literally whining on my couch for no reason because it's stuck in my head. There's always a reason, and you also never need a reason to do that. You know this. You're right. Yeah. So one thing that I love about this movie, it doesn't happen very often in horror movies or movies at all, but often happens in life, is that these women work together as they should, as they should, as we mm-hmm. do in life. And so I don't know why that is so underrepresented. Like, we're not all competing. Because men make most of the damn movies. Oh, right. Yes, I did know that. Thank you. (laughs) So we must be competing because the only thing a woman could possibly truly want is a man's attention. And they only have so much attention to give. I mean, I do want that and a lot of other shit. I want a man's attention and a line of coke and for him to flex his biceps in the living room. I want a man's attention while I do a line of coke and flex my biceps out. I want a man's attention and I want that new Disney color pop lipstick line. Oh my gosh. I'll let you play with mine. Ooh, yeah. And I want to have a whole nother bottle of wine here after this. And I want also one of those Whitman samplers, but with all uh, the chocolates that I like and no fucking raspberry filling nonsense. I want all the raspberry filling ones. Those are my favorite. Well, you can have that shit because it tastes like pure evil. You taste like pure evil. Hold up just for a minute. Talking about like women who love each other. <sighs> so this is a weird day for me and that from the quiz to that early thing about my nose to this so Whitman's samplers were my grandmother's like one of her favorite things just anytime you went anywhere you spotted one you brought it home Mm -hmm. anytime she went anywhere and spotted one she brought it home because your grandmother was a woman of taste she liked Whitman samplers. <laughs> she liked Chanel number no. five. She had a hell of a nose. She was the kind of woman when she was a little younger, you know. She used to keep a bottle of brandy in the cabinet with a shot glass turned over on the top. Fucking yes. Her. We're pouring one out for your grandma right now. And every time someone pissed her off or every time she was feeling stressed about whatever the fuck, she'd just go do a quick shot and then move on with her life. I love this I woman. love a kitchen drunk. That's my favorite kind of drunk. Yeah. Is drunk in the kitchen. She was wonderful, but... So she lived with me on and off growing up. Like, she was a huge, huge part of my life. But it's still weird for her to come up this directly in conversation, this quickly back to back. So I'm feeling like... She's here. I don't know. Something's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I can smell a cigarette and I... She's not, obviously, physically in the room. That's not a thing. But also, she also used to like to tell a story about how she quit smoking, which was that when my grandfather was a very, very young, like, enlisted naval man. They could only afford two uniforms because mm-hmm. uniforms are actually really expensive. Yeah. And um, she was ironing while she was smoking a cigarette <gasps> one day. No. And didn't realize that she dropped a perfectly circular ash Oops. and it burned a hole all the way through the uniform. <gasps> and they, you know, they can't even wear shit. It's wrinkled. No. So that was just a completely destroyed uniform. And uh, she had to wash the other uniform every night. She said she was so horrified to see the hole, just like so profoundly upset that she never had another cigarette again for the rest of her life. Wow. Interesting. But something's going on. Also, what incredible resolve. Like, that is impressive to me. She might be the most stubborn person I've ever known. That's dope. I like her. Yeah, you have that of hers, too, probably. And I mean that in a good way. Do I? I feel like a wishy-washy little fuck. No. Remember 
if the zombie apocalypse, we had to kill Mary because she had too many feelings. That's- Remember in the zombie apocalypse when I was like, it just has to happen when Megan's real pregnant. <laughs> I'm ready. I've got superhuman strength and something else to kill for. That's a good point. Do you guys want to know a cool thing? I always want yeah. to know a cool thing. Okay, talk about something else to kill for. We talk about our animals all the time. We're obviously all like creepy and weird about it, except for me. Okay. So I always heard this thing that dogs see black and white, which isn't totally true. That's not, no. they see differently than we do, but it's not black and white. They just see limited color differently than we do. But in the Rugrats parts, when you see it from the dog's perspective, it's black and white. Yes, Mary Kay, because the Rugrats is scientific fact. <laughs> Cartoons are life. Okay. <laughs> So I knew that that wasn't totally true. My dog doesn't watch television. If there are really, really loud and distinct animal sounds, he does the head cocking while he listens, but he doesn't look. He watched fully half of this movie. Cool. My dog was really into this movie too. My dog watches TV on a normal basis though. He's real into it, but he was especially attentive to this film. Yeah, he was. So something about the black and it's not that they see black and white, but for some reason, I mean, I'm sure it's just the contrast is easy for them to read, you know? So he was following this. He was like watching people move in cars and like dancing. He was just like so into any movement on the screen. And I've never seen him look at the television before. So now we know. My dog is a pretentious, artsy little fuck. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Buster Keaton, right? Buster Keaton. Yeah. He's Buster Keaton because he's black and white and silent. Yay. Except that if oh he were gosh. silent, we wouldn't have to fucking deal with his bullshit all the time. He tricked <laughs> he's me. He's been a good, quiet little boy all day today. He first week. Because, you know, first we come from the shelter. Right. They're just like, on my best behavior, miss. Don't send me back to the orphanage, miss. <laughs> it's like an Annie when she's like, I'm charming and I dance. Like, no, you don't, bitch. The sun will come out. In a minute, you're going to be playing your Game Boy like everybody the fuck else. I know you guys know that we were in You that. remember that time yeah. that you and mm-hmm. I were I in do. a version mm-hmm. of Annie together and they made you the brown person? Yep. Mm-hmm. A role that I did not audition for, but I did audition for Miss Hannigan and crushed it and still didn't get cast as that. Oh my gosh, you would have been such a good Miss Hannigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking right, I would. Yeah, I would still oh to God. this day be a great Miss Hannigan because I take no shit. Unless it's from a hot dude, and then I will put up with a lot of it. Then we would all be Miss Hannigan, I think, <laughs> at this point. I think we, that's all we'd want to do. No, I wanted to be, what's her name, Rooster's mm-hmm. wife. I want to be Rooster, shit. I want to be Anne Ranking. Is that Rister's wife with the legs? Is she blonde? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the blonde girl. No, no, no. She's broad. Oh, no, I know who you're talking about. No, no, no. Anne Ranking was uh, the assistant. But she's like a huge, she's a Broadway legend. She's a phenomenal fucking dancer. She's brilliant, brilliant. And, uh, you know, nothing like me. So, like, why not go for that? Even though I, I mean, I think I'd, I think I'd brutalize him as Anne again. In fact, it might be too dark. Maybe that would be not good. All I know is that this movie is the exact opposite of Annie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the way down to the music. Mm-hmm. That soundtrack was perfect. Yeah. Every single time I heard a single note or sound, I was like, yep. It's rich. Yep. It was brooding yep. and well thought out and perfectly timed and everything that a good movie score should be. I just loved that her hype music was so creepy and she was yes. dancing like she was a couture model. Where she had the worst posture possible. Yes. Oh, my God. Like an American apparel model. Yes. That's exactly what she looked like. <laughs> but 
she has already been drugged and thrown in the back of a van. Yes. Tyra Banks says that's ugly pretty. Yeah, but she's actually like pretty pretty. Like real pretty. And the way she's lit. Well, yeah. I'm talking about like the creepy posture thing. It's not the same as like when we talked about Hill House, how all of those women's skin was like dewy and perfect. Her face was so like striking and angular, like when she turned around and that music was playing. Yes. And she uh-huh. also has such like an elegant neck and shoulders. That's what you're talking about when you talk about like how your mom is beautiful, that you feel like you look different. Your mom is like really angular and dramatic. Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. And you are not like that. No, no. You look like a <laughs> Renaissance painting in that there is like no shadow on you. You're both equally beautiful. Let's get that straight. No, no. Yeah. Your mom has these like dramatic and really like fascinating angles, but you look like a Renaissance painting in that it's like somehow there is no point of shadow on your face. Like everything. Like there's light bouncing off of everything. The light hits your whole damn face in the right way and it's bullshit and it makes me mad. Well, that's cool. Thank you. Samesies, because I always look like I've got a broken nose with these fucking the dark circles, man. Same. That's not true. But since we're going there, should we close up with what plastic surgery you'd have for free? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my God, let's do it. Yeah? Okay. Yes. I mean, I've already had plastic surgery for money, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah, but which one would you have for free now? You already paid good money for them boobies. What would you get for free? Um, I would pay again. Okay, here's the thing I'd pay again for because I just need to throw this out there. Okay. I could get, like, and I honestly probably will. Now that I've had one surgery and realized, like, it actually didn't change everything about who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, I've been real judgmental about most of this shit. And I would totally get fat injected in that under eye area. Because honestly, there are points I get asked several times a week if I don't wear makeup what happened like people think something's wrong yeah. like I are have, you ill like i know that i have black eyes i think i've been hit oh it's that bad i've never noticed that about you to be honest Me i mean either. i'm not trying to invalidate your feelings but i feel like those people suck no no but do you remember how you saw me every day all the time at the point in my life where i was getting the least sleep and doing the most drinking yes. your base state for me is looks like she has a brokenness like that's what you assume from me anytime I don't look like my nose has been recently broken you're like you look great oh my god you're luminous so I would pay to do that I'm gonna shit and the free one I would I guess I would get my tummy all tightened up be like those white girl tummies on Instagram yeah oh girl Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be cool and not just white girl tummies because I mean Masiarius is like my fits both are like if you're not following we knew what you meant if the two of you aren't following her also like who her name is Masi Arias. We can put her in show notes. Yeah. She's definitely inspiring without ever making me feel like I'm a terrible person because A, all her shit is so hardcore that I'm like, damn, I could never do that. And then you like look at any of her shit and she's like, I couldn't do this. That's why I started doing it. And you're like, damn, okay, girl. She's like got kids. And, like, it's really like her. And if you like, I like black or brown women. If you like are looking for a Spanish speaking fitspo that is not making you hate your entire life, but is actually like, inspiring and fun yeah massy earrings i like okay super cool i'm not being paid to say any of this i just like her i dig it thanks for letting me take a billion years to do that go ahead no i mean we're all gonna talk a lot about our feelings right now i think that's why i'm gonna go ahead and go everybody get your ice cream yeah for real i wish i had ice cream here but i don't so one day i will definitely get injections marionette lines i'll definitely get that one day i'm not there yet but i will i'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, like the smile lines? Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll definitely have those. Yeah, the ones that go from your nasolabia crease. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what you're talking it about. Goes, yeah, from the outside of your nostrils that lie in the side of your mouth. Yeah, one day I'll definitely do that and I'll pay money for that. And I already know that and I'm like saving for it. I mean, I know that it's like a couple years away, but yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen. You're still in your youth. Yes. Yes, I am youthful and shit. But the thing that I would do for total vanity, like not for just thinking I look decent, I would have my armpits and upper back <gasps> under bra liposuctioned. Ooh. Yep. Smart. And I have been thinking about that in my head and never said it aloud since I was like 14. And then Chrissy Teigen was like, yeah, I had my armpits liposuction. It was dumb and I will do it again. <laughs> Thank you for validating that. She speaks the truth yeah. most of the time. Oh, yeah, she recently, though, not that recently, I'm sure, joked about how, like, someone said something about her cheeks. Like, that they're, they're Yeah, like, she's like, that's the only thing on me that is real. Exactly. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And also, it definitely gave me a moment of, like, appreciation that yeah. most of what I've got, I, I like. And the stuff I don't. You know, I know it's not coming from me. It's coming from some weird societal thing. I think that's why the eyes bother me so much. Like, that doesn't have to be societal. That's not patriarchal. I just don't want people to think I've been hurt yeah. all the time. But the other, everything else, like, oh man, the back fat thing is real. That's smart. Dude, I've been self-conscious about it my whole semi-adult life. Which, like, everybody has it, and I see it on other people, and it's like, BFD, who cares? Just like you were saying about the nose thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I was gonna say, I've never noticed it on you. Not even kind of. Well, that's sweet of you. Megan, your turn to overshare. If you want, I'm still sticking hard and fast to a nose job. Okay. I have wanted that since I was like eight. I'm getting it one of these days. I don't think I'm going to get as drastic of a nose job as I wanted. I think there's just this one little crookedy bump spot on it that I would like to fix. Well, you said your nose has actually been broken before, right? Yeah. No, my nose has been broken three times. Oh, shit. Then, yeah. Yeah, like scar tissue and stuff, probably. Yeah. So I would like to, because it was broken in the exact same spot. They were off of the pants and chill. Excuse you, Trigger. That was wrong. <laughs> that was super rude. Hey, mommy's talking about her feelings. You need to be quiet. Thank you. He just grumped at me. Anyway, since I was so rudely interrupted, the spots where it was broken definitely like overemphasizes the things that I don't like. So I think maybe if I fixed those things, I wouldn't need like an actual nose job, which obviously it's still a nose job. But like if I just fix the broken parts and not the original nose, maybe I would be more comfortable with the original nose. That makes sense. Plus, I feel like when people do that, like if you have broken your nose, generally they go in and they just take out the scar tissue, right? So you can like breathe a little bit more clearly. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah, I do have a bump on the side of my right nose that like sticks out though from where like it healed improperly the first time. Well, I have never noticed that, but I feel like if it was on my face, I would. Yeah, you've probably noticed it and just didn't realize you noticed it. Maybe. Like if I pointed it out, you would be like, oh my God, I can't not see it. That shit is tough, man. There's so much weird shit. The body is weird. And you know, it's also been amazing to me as I've gotten older. The men that I know have also gotten older. Mm -hmm. And so generally more decent as people to begin with because aging helps. <laughs> and then also because I don't interact with men that suck anymore. Good for you, dude. That men will talk about the same kind of shit. And granted, the window's a lot smaller. Like the kind of stuff that they're worried about tends to be like, you know, if there's like 10 things all men are worried about, there's like 700 things all women are worried about. Yeah. So the window tends to be smaller, but the amount of worry is real. Like it's very intense. And I appreciate the men in my life who've been real about that. 
I have one more tangent. I want to hear it. So first of all, I don't love it when men are insecure, but I do love it that I can commiserate Mm -hmm. on that level. Yes. Also, one of my favorite things that Mary has ever said, because I identified with it so much. So Mary (laughs) and I have BFF tattoos above our elbow crease. Me and my husband have BFF tattoos. And mine is below and or above. And That's not BFF. That's wanted... like, bitch, we did it. You didn't tattoos. We <laughs> <laughs> were married. Uh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Mine and Mary's are from Breaking Bad. And they say no half measures. But I do remember the tattoo artist being like, oh, that's interesting because I'm going to have to go level because Mary actually has biceps. <laughs> and so her crease wasn't like horizontal totally to the ground. And then she was like... Oh, great. Another thing for me to be insecure about. My elbow <laughs> creases aren't horizontal. The thing is, that's actually not a bicep thing. That's just like oh, my body. Man. Yeah, it's normal. And I never yeah. even knew that was a thing to be normal or not normal. Like, I didn't no, right. Yeah. You don't think about your elbow crease? I didn't know I should until then, and now I do. Maybe that's what you should get your free plastic surgery on. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know what I do have, though? Um, I've got great veins. Every nurse I've ever met in my life, in the course of casual conversation as I gesture with my hands has grabbed my wrist, turned it over and gone, oh my god, your face. And I'm like... Mine are totally invisible and every nurse I've ever met who tried to take blood from me made me look like a junkie. Mine are super visible but small. So... I also look like a junkie. Okay, so some of us look like junkies, some of us don't. What's next? Cool. (laughs) We are talking not about junkies, but about David Slade's 2005 film, Hard Candy. It's got all sorts of good people in it. It's got Patrick Wilson, Ellen Page, and Sandra Oh. It's an incredibly disturbing crime thriller about a 14-year-old girl who lures predatory men in from online and straight up ruins their day. And let's be <laughs> honest, what more do you want in a movie? I'm looking forward to rewatching that. Me too. Oh my God. I haven't seen it in ages. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Tell all your friends. We'll talk to you soon. Also, tell us who your vampire power couple is for real. I'm yes. going to remind you to do that because I yes. want to know about it so do bad. It. Do, it. Do, it. do it. Do it. Yeah. I love it. Yay. All right. We love you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. bye. bye.